was at the end of the time of light in the age of dreams that the seeds of Polanthus were sown. Welcome to another Dragonlance Saga episode. My name is Adam, and today we're going to talk about the history of Palanthus. Now, I'd like to take a moment and thank the members of this channel and invite you to consider becoming a member by visiting the link in the description below. You can even pick up Dragonlance gaming materials using my affiliate link. I am referencing the Palanthus dramatic supplement for this episode. If I leave anything out or misspeak, please leave a comment below. For over a hundred years, the human empire of Aragoth fought over its borders and mineral rights with the new dwarven city of Thorbarden. This would come to be known as the War of the Mountain. These skirmishes affected the peaceful citizens in the surrounding lands, forcing them to seek safety elsewhere. And in 2085 Pre-Cataclius, Captain Agril Stargazer had heard tales of the legendary Dragon Isles, and in an effort to flee the constant war and relocate himself and many other refugees, he sailed out of Tarsus on the bright horizon, seeking those wondrous isles. Fate, however, seemed to have intervened, and after two days of following the coast of Anselon North, they hit a storm out of the history books. The bright horizon was manned with veteran seamen, but this storm had the marks of the gods on its back. It tossed the bright horizon around like a child's plaything with its waves, hundreds of feet in height. The storm raged for days. It was a miracle the bright horizon wasn't swallowed whole by the tempest of the sea. Nearly half of its crew was thrown overboard, and as the hold slowly filled with water, the crew resigned themselves to their impending doom. But then, in the midst of the violent storm, the lookout who had lashed himself to the mast witnessed land on the horizon. He saw between the rising and falling waves a stark, rocky shoreline, and realized that the bright horizon was being pushed directly towards it. It took the captain and three other men to attempt steering the ship through a small gap in the rocky coastline. Twenty feet of the keel was torn free by the storm and shallow, rocky shoreline. Wave after wave crashed on top of the seamen as water flooded into the hold. But, miraculously, the sinking bright horizon wedged herself between large rocks and the towering cliff face not three hundred yards from the rocky beach. Inside the gap, the waters were calm, though the storm raged outside its perimeter. The crew and passengers transferred all salvageable goods to the shore, for fear the low tide would pull the wreckage back out to the open sea. Once ashore, they were stunned at their surroundings. They had landed in a stark grassy plain, surrounded on all sides by towering mountains. This strange land featured a single tall tower surrounded by a forest. As Captain Stargazer approached the tower, he walked into a grove and he was struck with waves of fear that rivaled the hopelessness that they felt for days in the storm. He abandoned his attempt at approaching the tower and declared to his crew and passengers that their quest was complete and they had in fact reached the Dragon Isles. After days of reading his sextant and consulting his charts, he realized his error. They were in truth in a lonely inlet along the northern Vingard Mountains. With no way of leaving and no actual threats in the area, the residents of the tower were not interested in the survivors of the Bright Horizon, so they tore apart their ship to build houses and fishing boats. 
Those passengers, who were farmers, took to the acres at the base of the mountains and discovered an easily domesticated species of goat. Life was not only possible, but it was as if this land was created just for the castaways. The biggest looming problem was that only three of the survivors were female. It seemed the future of their new home was doomed to fail. The survivors would come to prepare their one-year anniversary of the founding of their new colony with their dismal future in mind. On the morning of the vernal equinox, they noticed a ship anchored less than a hundred miles offshore. This ship was captained by the infamous pirate Firebrand. This half-elf woman demanded to know why the people were in their hideout. This location has historically been used by pirates to evade the Ergothian navy. Agril Stargazer asked Firebrand to deliver them to another civilization after the storm passed, and in truth feared that she would put them all to the sword. He was not ready for her counter-proposal. Her crew had already grown so well known across the coasts of Ancelon that they could no longer come to port in any town without fear of the law. So when they arrived here, they met with the wizards of the tower who wanted nothing from them but provisions and they were allowed to stay. Now with these colonists squatting, Firebrand proposed bringing the colony resources to build a proper town where the pirates would be welcome. This was the only real option available to the colonists. Not only did it mean more men and women to visit and stay in the colony, which ensured their future, but it also meant the pirates wouldn't kill them all. <laughs> so the colonists, with only one real choice, built out a respectable hamlet, then a town which they named Bright Horizon. The pirates would regularly return to carouse and drink to excess, bringing with them slaves and captives. Even the wizards of the tower would frequent the town, one return visit from Firebrand saw Agril demanding a fair price for their indulgences, and as she was impressed with his tenacity and courage, she declared all rates for services would be equal to those found in Daltgoth. Firebrand pulled Agril in tight and planted a passionate kiss on his lips. Soon they were a couple, and Firebrand the first political leader of Bright Horizon. After a decade, Bright Horizon became a refuge from the imperial presence of Istar and Ergoth, and after 200 years, its size and reputation grew and came to the attention of Vinus Salamnus. After the Rose Rebellion in 1791 Pre-Cataclius, Vinus Salamnus was given a vision by Paladine himself. This was the catalyst for the order to be known as the Knights of Salamnia, but within that vision also contained information about the future capital of Salamnia. Paladine first stepped foot on Kryn in the exact spot as the heretical and rogue haven of Bright Horizon. This realization spurred Vinus to action. He addressed the Salamnic nobles, calling them to action in the name of the Father of Good to reclaim this once sacred ground and transform it into the jewel of Salamnia. Together with the nobles of Salamnia, the dwarves of Thorbarden, and even the elves of Sylvanesty and Qualanesty, they all set to work to turn Palanthus into a city worthy of Paladine himself the city that we know in part today. Though the city was created in the name of Paladine with the leadership of the Knights of Salamnia, it always had its own tone of welcoming all who desired to dwell within its walls. The mountains separate it from other Salamnic politics, as the city is more connected to the sea itself than Greater Salamnia. Because of this, Palanthus saw its own government form around the city's lord, Kinath Homestead. And though the Lord was appointed by Vinus Salamnus, his ancestry could be traced back to Firebrand and Stargazer. Kinath founded a city-state with a senate composed of the great merchant families, giving due respect to their origins of this bustling city. 
But that is all I have to say about the history of Palanthus. I hope you enjoyed the information. What do you think about the largest city on Ancelon? Have you ever run a game that stopped in Palanthus? And finally, would you ever try approaching the Tower of High Sorcery? Leave a comment below. I would like to take a moment and remind you to subscribe to this YouTube channel, ring the bell to get notified about upcoming videos, and click the like button. This all goes to help other Dragonlance fans learn about this channel and its content. Thank you for watching. This has been Adam with Dragonlance Saga, and until next time, remember, the vibrant colors shimmered on the pure white buildings of Palanthus. Lorana had never imagined such beauty could exist in the world of humans. Thank you.